Thank you. Now it's the time for the leader to qualify. Um, there you go. Instruction. I love instructions. I'm Holly, compulsive overeater. Hi. Cords. Um, I'm asking God to let sense come out of my mouth today. <laughs> Is basically it. Um, welcome everybody, and especially welcome to the newcomers, and, and welcome to Los Angeles. Um, I'm Holly. I'm a compulsive overeater, a garden variety compulsive overeater. There's nothing special about me. There is nothing unusual about me. I, this is just what I am. Um, I never know what to do with my hands when I stand up like this. So I'm just going to go like this. Um, I'm going to pass around my pictures because, you know, visuals always the best. I put together this album a long time ago but it's chronological and you can kind of see what it was like it's a good example of what it was like four years old okay you got it four years old the next picture is first grade so this is this book other than the newer pictures this book was me until I was 46 years old so I was not I wasn't someone who um, was a healthy body weight ever and then gained a bunch of weight. I don't have that experience. I was always very, very, very overweight. Um, I was always the biggest one in the I have a class picture in there, too, from, from one of the early grades. I was always the biggest one. And I came from a small town back east, um, right between Buffalo and Rochester. And um, it wasn't... It wasn't one of those tiny little bergs, but it was a town like if you could pick up Reseda and put it in the middle of farmland. <laughs> it had a main street, so so the, you know there was a there was a good size high. Probably my class was 200, I would think, you know, whatever. I know for Los Angeles it's not big, but um, I was I really stuck out. I really stuck out all the way through all the way through school. Um, one of the it, I think, I believe that we were, our family, we, we started out a family, mother, father, my, my sister is uh, eight years older than me, and me. That was the original family. And I believe in, when I got to fifth, fourth, fifth grade, my parents divorced. My mother was severely mentally ill, and she had had a breakdown, came back pretty good, and then she had another breakdown and my father left. So I believe I was the first in my class or the first person, the first kid I knew that had a broken family. That was, that's how it was. There wasn't that. There wasn't broken, you know, the divorce is like, what? So, you know, again, another, another different thing. I was different. I was different. Something was different. Um, and as, as life progressed, you know, I got into high school and we didn't have any money. We had we had no money. We lived in a house that my father had signed over to my mother, and it was it was pretty nice. And I had a good childhood, always overweight, always a little different, but it was pretty nice. By the time I got into high school, I was I didn't have any clothes. Um, we didn't have heat a lot of the time. Um, take note, it was near Buffalo. Okay, you get that? I was, I was different. So this was all different things. And a, a story came, to, I have a lot of stories, but a story came to mind recently. I don't know what triggered it, but I remember um, when I was in high school, you know, I didn't look the same as anybody. I was the, one of the only overweight kids. 
I didn't have good clothes. Like I didn't, I only had like one pair of jeans and a shirt and a coat. And I'm sure I didn't smell very good. I'm sure of that because it was so cold in the house. It was hard to get in and get, you know. And I remember my, I had two or three girlfriends and, and they would say, one of them sat me down one day. And she said, we don't want to hang out with you anymore because you don't dress right and you and you're always available. Like whenever we call, you're always there, (laughs) you know, and because there was a warm house to go to. Don't you get it, lady? You know, I mean, somebody invites me. I'm going right. A meal in a warm house. I'd go anywhere. But, you know, I walked everywhere, too. I walked and I had a bike. We didn't have a car. So. All that, all that happened, you know what I mean? And um, that's how I went through high school. And I, was, I don't know what I weighed, but I was always way bigger than anybody. So I went to college, and I, at 30, I was done with that town, okay? I was done with that town. I couldn't live my life there at all. I, I, there was no, I'm gay, and there's no gay people there, I thought, of course, you know. But really, it's, it, it's back east. It was, uh, my, my father owned a diner restaurant, and that's where I worked. I went to college, but I didn't know how to get a job in that field. So I went back, and I started working for my dad. And see, I stayed there for 12 years working for my dad in the diner. I, you know, when I was done, I, I was, when I was 30, I was done. I had to get out of there, because I was literally going nowhere. Um, I moved out here. A friend of mine invited me out for a vacation that had moved out here. And I moved out here and I, and I thought, oh, I got to come here. I have to come here. I have to get out of there. I was dying. I moved out here when I was 30 with what was in my car, basically. I sold everything I had and I just moved out and hoping for a new life. I did get a new line of work, but I came with me. That was the same, the same me came, the same, you know. So, and I, and I lived a new life and I got into a relationship and it was, it was all okay. And I lived, I mean, what I looked like when I came into the program the first time was fully functioning, 280 pound woman. That's how I always was. So, I, nobody would know anything was wrong. I had a decent house, I had a car, I had a job, okay? I had, at that time, I had a really good relationship, too. So I came in, and I went back. I stayed about two and a half years. I got in, an, an abstinence for, of uh, three meals a day and no sugar. I stopped eating sugar on my own, thinking that that was my only problem. And I did that. I actually stopped on my own like five years before. But um, when I got into Overeaters Anonymous the first time, it did a lot of good things for me. I was literally driving around. I'm, I, I go to different. I was going to different locations from the valley all the way into Inglewood and Beverly Hills. And and what my mind told me to do is, is during the day when I knew I had to go from point A to point B, I registered in my head all the stops I was going to make, all restaurants, all drive-throughs, all convenience stores. I re- that was a, an automatic response to driving from point A to point B. I knew where I would be stopping because what was happening was I realized I'm eating all, I was eating all the time, just, just eating all the time. Stop, 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 stop. So I came into Overeaters Anonymous. Just, I got, there was nothing that was working. Again, I was, I looked like a fully functioning 280 pound woman with a good job, but nothing was working. So um, I heard three meals a day I was already not eating sugar, so I heard three meals a day, I can do that. 
And I have practiced the program, uh, a reduced version of the program, a drive-by for two and a half years. I, it, it, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I, I landed in meetings. I, I went to meetings and I didn't do much else. But I went to meetings and I was at I, I ate three meals a day and no sugar for that little bit of time. Um, and then by not working the steps, not doing any of the work, what I what that allowed me to do is I had no firm footing and it allowed me to just walk right back out very slowly. I didn't say I'm going, you know, I'm going to go now. I my meetings went from three to two to one to one every other week. And then pretty soon I'm not going anymore. That's what that's literally what happened. So in that time, um, my partner and I had, a, like I said, we had a pretty decent house. We needed a little extra money. We started a catering company out of our house. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so now we got two people and two fridges. That's fun. <laughs> Lots of stories. But really, what that says to me is that I was really, I had a full-time job and I have a very successful, by the way, catering company running out of the house. So am I an overworker? Mm-hmm. I didn't stop for a second. I literally for eight years didn't stop for a second. Um, at some point we decided that we were done with that. It was like, oh my God, we got to stop. This is way too much. So this was the part that got me back into program. It was a very slow um, realization that something was sincerely and severely wrong with me, with how I was feeling. I was the same weight. I was still like I would I would be 280 pounds. I would get, that's the weight that I would really start to feel sore and uncomfortable and it was hard to maneuver and hard to navigate and sometimes I would get really stiff and I would scare myself like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, let's say, 40 years old and I can't move. That's how it was. So, I would, um, something in that time said, you're done with the catering. You can be done with the catering. Like we gave both of, I say we because there was two of us making these decisions. We, we decided to be done with that. So we kind of dissolved the business. Um, and I had a little bit of time, okay? A little bit of downtime, a little bit of quiet time. So that started this whatever happened between maybe spring of 2002 until August of 2002. It was a very rapid decline into what happened to bring me back and all that was honestly was that all feeling it all feeling was gone i didn't have any feeling anymore um i was depressed i didn't function like i was working but i didn't have any emotions left they had just kind of dissolved away no friends left the friends were gone for some somehow the friends were gone um and i had a little you know i'm i'm just function. I was functioning, but it, I felt awful inside, and I didn't even know what that what that was. But at some point, trigger, trigger, trigger. Something said to me in that summer, you know, you better go back. You better. Go. There's nothing out there for you. I tried every diet that didn't cost anything. I have to qualify that. Um, <laughs> I'm not one to pay two thousand dollars for shot. That's not me. But I tried every diet that didn't cost anything, every different way of eating. It wasn't working. There was a lot of things that stopped working. So 
the thought came to me, which I know now was God, that go back and work. Go back and try it. Give it a good, sincere, give program a good, I felt good in there, in here. Give program a good, sincere attempt. You can, there's nothing to lose. I felt like I had so much stuff inside to get out because I wasn't talking to anybody by that time except for my partner. Um, so I wasn't sh- all the stuff that just kept on getting pushed down. It was like put the gu- put one more bullet in the gun, just keep slamming them in because they're all in me. So August of 2002, I decided to come back. I, there was a couple more details. I'll leave them out. Um, I decided to walk back into program. I walked back into the 100-pounders meeting um, and Monday Night Miracles in the Valley. Now, when I walked back into Monday Night Miracles, it's in a great big circle. It's a big meeting. And three beautiful girls came up to me and were big smiles, and they welcomed me. And I thought, this is great. Wow, this is great. I felt, it, it's like I was ready. It felt so good. And I come in, you know, they're all like, hi. And, you know, this is working for us. It can work for you. And I said, that's great. And I sat down and I listened. And I went to 100 Pounders meeting and I sat down and I listened. I listened for a month. And I listened to all people. And, and what, what struck me was that I saw people that I saw eight years before. I saw the same people. And they were abstaining. And they were healthy body weight. And I thought, oh, wow something to this there is something to this I never knew anybody that actually lost a bunch of weight and stayed that way so within about a month I got a sponsor I picked a woman that was a hundred pounder and that was on her way down in weight and and she seemed pretty normal I mean she seemed like someone I could talk to and although you know I'm scared of everything did you get that I didn't even need to say it. There's a blanket fear around everything. But I, I, had, I was walking through glass at that point. I didn't care. So I started calling this woman, and that was September 28, 2002. And that was my first day of abstinence. Um, and I told her what I was going to eat, and we chatted for a few minutes, and she gave me some writing. I thought, okay, I can do that. So I did this. I was doing this formatted. It seemed like it went on forever formatted writing assignment but what it was it was steps one two and three and it was out of the big book and the AA 12 and 12 and AA comes of age which I still love I still love that book and so we did this whole thing and I just followed and did what she said and I within about a month I organized the food back the food got back to three meals a day and no sugar um but about a month later, I, real, I could hear what I was telling her I was going to eat for that day. I could, it took a month for me to hear it. Like I was listing off this long list of things. And she, I finally said, you know, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she was very low-key, by the way. So she didn't say it. So she, she waited for me to say, that's a lot. And I thought, yeah, I finally got it. It took a month for that fog to clear. And um, I asked for help. I said, what are you doing? So God help me. She told me what she was doing. And so we got, I was on this food plan. It was working okay. And it was very, very uncomfortable. But, you know, I was able to do it because I was working these steps. And I got into service and she kept me busy. And that's all I needed. And we're talking on the way. I love to talk on the way to the meeting, right? Um, Everything that I thought was, that I read this morning, I read there is a solution. I like to read that before I share because that just kind of pulls it all together. It's my favorite chapter in the big book. 
And if my mind goes blank, because I'm a 57-year-old woman with an eating disorder. So (laughs) sometimes everything leaves. But um, I know that that'll come back out of my mouth. That's the message. You know, there's the solution. So we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? Oh, the fellowship. We were talking about the fellowship, like being in, being in the middle of the herd. I just finally... Her, I, I led a seven, yeah, seven o'clock a.m. meeting, and um, it was a big book meeting. And we read the page after um, the spiritual experience. I got to read the spiritual experience, which, by the way, is a spiritual experience. That page, and it tells me that on that page, changed that it says changed five times. That page has changed five times on that one page, and that's exactly what I had to do. But the next page is the medical view. I'm very badly paraphrasing. What it says is that AA was kind of formed on religion and herding. Herding. That's where the middle of the herd came from. I didn't know that until two weeks ago. But I always say I got into the middle of the herd and program. Um, my little sponsorship family, we used to hang together. My sponsor told me, these are the girls you call if you're in trouble, if you can't get me. Here's your sisters. So that's how I grew up in, in OA. That's how I grew up. It was like, we're all together and we're going we're gonna to walk through this in a pack. Okay? That's why when I go and speak, I have a car full. Because I want people, I want, I want my people with me. You know? And what I realized was, um, thanks. What I realized was, you know, I would, go, I would be asked to go speak, you know, over somewhere in God's country. And... <laughs> on a Wednesday, whatever, you know. I would get in the car, I'd say, okay, I gotta, I gotta leave work, I gotta go home and change, and then I gotta go eat, and then I gotta go to the meeting, and I would do all that by myself. And it was depressing. So I really, I, I got to, into the habit of asking people to go. Where, so it, it's like, it's an event now. When I go speak, it's an event, because I want my people. I want it to be fun. I want service to be fun, and it always has been. Um, so how I work my program today. Anyway, with this first sponsor, I went through steps one, two, and three, and then I finally got this fourth step out, and I shared it with her. So much of that stuff that was piled in started coming out. And yes, it was uncomfortable, and yes, I needed to do that. And I could only do that by putting down the food. So that's that's how I started working. Now, I'm a relative baby in this program. I'm I'm 11 years abstinent. That's not old by any means. Um, I've been to the steps three or four times, the slow part, the surface part, and then digging down deep. I had a great sponsor for about five years that I just kind of got reacquainted with that we got a lot deeper. It was the second time through, though. Second time through, we got a lot deeper. That's okay. Um, Then I started working the steps on specific areas in my life when something came up, which it always does. Um, I would work the steps around the one issue. Then I got to get a lot deeper. That's when things start to make sense to me. Like um, step six and seven, writing out these character defects and asking God to remove them. That's when it really started working. When it was, when it was down to the wire, like when I was in the barrel, which was about 2010, I, I jumped right back into the barrel because my life changed. My life had stayed the same through a lot of this stuff. Through a lot of abstaining, I got to work, and my life stayed the same, basically. But 2010, everything changed in my life. Everything except for my job. And then I almost lost that. I did. Um, 
So I got to jump in with, with women in the program and work the steps again and let the program take me and the people in the program take me through this really rough time in my life. I let go of my relationship. I had to move. I had to sell the house and move and move into a different place. And um, I lost my sponsor. I lost. I had to let go of a sponsor that I was very, very, very um, not attached, but very. We, we worked together for five years, um, and I was. It was very hard to do that. Very hard to work my program around that. Um, and, and I got into a car accident. All these things kind of piled up. All the time, though, I got to abstain through that, and I got through it, and I got to work my program. That's when the steps really, really carried me through the program, is, is when the, the going got rough. And, you know, I got to do another fourth step. I got to do another eighth and ninth step and make amends where I needed to. And that feels really good. Um, probably, so that's what, that was about eight years in, and I really got to um, see where the steps... It, 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 it very much clarified what we're doing here is that we get to abstain three meals a day, no sugar, um, and we get to live our life and things happen and, it, and, and we get to walk through it with our people. Um, my abstinence is, is it, as sacred to me as anything, as, as breathing. Um, I would not think of jeopardizing that. I have a, a list of... Um, red light foods and behaviors that I do not practice. I mean, what I do practice today is my, my food plan is, is it keeps me at a, number one, it keeps my head quiet, it keeps me at a healthy body weight. That is my sobriety. My food plan is my sobriety today. And I feel like my food plan is fully sober. And I have, uh, I commit my food in the morning, er, I, commit, I commit my food the night before along with my 10-step to my sponsor. And I do that religiously every single night for the next day. Um, what that allows me to do is live a life today that I, I could not even imagine. Um, I do a lot of service right now in the valley, and, and it's taken a lot of time. That service has taken a lot of time, and I'm there for a reason. I'm supposed to be busy right now. I can't wait till it's done. <laughs> because I... It's like it's time. Okay, when it's done, I'll be able to do something else. I've I've developed a, a, a hobby. You know, my sponsor says, and they've all said the same thing. It's like they talk or something. Um, <laughs> is that done? We're done. Okay. I've developed a hobby. So there. <laughs> anyway, um, again, welcome to the newcomers. This program really works, and you know we're all here together, and I'm so happy. Thanks. This is a time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and, do not, and, and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible at, on the OA podcast. Okay. So who... who, who oh... And, no, to the back, then you. Hi. The question was, can I talk about my experience with the 11? Do I need to stand? Yeah, with the 11 step. Um, 
that developed over time. I didn't really, I didn't really get meditation at first. Um, I got prayer. I, I could pray. I could learn. I learned the prayers and I could pray. But but very differently now. I've developed um, a couple of different meditations that I do, and I do all this in the morning. By the way, I get up really really early, so all this program is done before I step into work. And my practice is that I have um, three meditation books that I read, and then I do my writing, and I, do, I write out a God letter for the day. It doesn't go anywhere but in the box. I don't read it to my... It's just between me and God. And I write that out, and what that, what that is is about, um, number one, to remove... Um, it's always fear and anxiety, because I suffer from that. Um, to a much lesser degree today, but it's always like, please remove my fear and anxiety. Please keep me safe today. And then I bless people who are either sick or suffering or something going on. Also people I'm mad at (laughs) that aren't doing what I want. Um, Bless them. Um, Anybody I'm scared of. And then I thank God for my abstinence in my day. Put it in the box. And then I I either do quiet meditation for... um, Maybe probably average 10 or 12 minutes or a guided some kind of a guided meditation if I don't feel quite quiet um, for that amount of time. So but that, that I do every day. That's what I do. And it's, if I need to stop during the day, I stop during the day and walk outside and do it again. Does that answer your question? Right. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, I don't see you very often. I see you when you share. And it's probably been two or three years. You talked about the spiritual experience. Um, in the spiritual experience in part of the very front of the book and a couple of the stories talks about people having big changes, changes to the point where they're unrecognizable you know uh, Dr. Young didn't recognize the person he had Mm -hmm. a few years earlier and um, you know I've seen that in you, it's been two or three years are you aware of that in yourself or is it still just you know, good. are you in yourself enough that you can know that you've changed hugely, or I just wonder about self awareness? Um, okay, I, I cannot repeat that. Whole, that question. Well, okay, so so the short version is thank you for that question. By the way, um, the short version is that how um, do I recognize the changes in myself, basically? And what I can tell you is, uh, of course, the physical was drastic. That was my physical changes, and that happened within the first two and a half years of program. Um, were drastic. That was that's a drastic change for someone who has never been a healthy body weight, never. So all of a sudden, I was a healthy body. I was a, I looked didn't look different anymore. So all that comes with that was kind of had to be dealt with in the, that that. From year two, maybe two, one and a half to two, to maybe year four. That took a long time to walk through that, all that process of body image and people not shouting out at me and not stepping back when, you know, I'm not going to say it. People, sometimes people just yell out fat things. And I, you know, I'm like this. I could stop that at this point. Nobody made any comments about my weight because I was a healthy body weight. So all that, that's the physical stuff. But that physical stuff is also mental because I, that's what I was for 46 years was that person. Um, but the other thing which you probably do see and I am very aware of 
is that I could not talk, nor did I have much of a personality, I thought. And by doing the work that I do, I feel so much more comfortable with myself that I can greet people now. I can look people in the eye. I, I don't know if I ever did that. Um, I could have a discussion. I could have a conversation with somebody. It sounds normal. Um, I'm not scared of much of any. I'm scared of some people, but I'm not scared of much of anybody anymore. Um, and I work my program, my emotional program daily with my, especially with my, I call my sponsor at eight in the morning before I walk into work. I have all kinds of fears, but um, we talk about it. What we talk about is that being okay with my accepting myself as I am today, loving myself as I am today, um, and I can only do that with God's help. That's the only way I can do it. And all these changes have happened through God. And I have, my basis, my my base is different today. It's a spiritual base rather than. You know, just putting my clothes on and walking out the door. It's a whole different thing. Does that answer you? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, how do you deal with the, the question was, how do I deal with the, the uh, physical, medical? There's a, there, there was a couple of medical things, too, that happened. Um, lose, yes, losing that much weight is really odd. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. But... Um, there's and I got a couple of medical issues. My <clears throat> my um, thyroid went nuts when I got to a healthy body weight, and what that made me have to do is go to my doctor. Isn't that nice that I got to take care of myself? I got a checkup every six months instead of every year, and I got that checked as she adjusted thyroid medication because I'd always been on that. It didn't help the thing, but <laughs> um, she got to adjust that. And it took about a year to adjust that. That's the medical part of it. And I also got a frozen shoulder um, as a result of losing that weight. Um, it, and that's a chemical imbalance. Everything was worked through. But that's the doctors told me that's what happened. Because it's like he said, did you lose a lot of weight? And I said, yeah. So in the physical, the physical things, the, the skin and everything, yeah, this isn't me. It, I'm all sucked in. <laughs> I have I have had to get um, like undergarments that because I got so uncomfortable and I have to wear certain combinations of like where my waistband is versus and and the shirts I yes I I've had to learn that and it that's been the most uncomfortable because do I want to tell you that no <laughs> but that's the truth I, I I have to wear a thing like um like a like a t-shirt almost like a t-shirt underneath most days most days. And because of the because and then all of a sudden I'm like I'm comfortable again, um, and it'll always be like that unless I want to get a surgery, and I don't. So 57 don't need a surgery today. So but that's yes. There's things you do. Robin. Yes, they they well my mom was dead. My mom died she from her mental illness, like she didn't know anything about anything. Um when I even she died just shortly after I moved out here. So but my dad, yeah, he's cool. Um my stepmom I, I have a my dad is dead now. I have a relationship with my stepmom that's great. And I go back once a year and visit. And with my brothers and sisters, they're all my brothers are all trash truck drivers, and they're all like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they are really, and they don't care. Um, but when I do get off the plane, 
I have my older sister. God bless my older sister. She's great. Um, she's kind of probably one of us, but that's for her to say, not for me to say. Um, when I get off the plane, they all look. She's okay. It's like they are not. It took them a long time for me to get for them to get used to me being in a healthy weight, because most of them really aren't. And it, back east in Batavia, it's not normal. And it took them a lot, you know. And they look. They're waiting for me to come, get off the plane fat again. I know what they're doing. <laughs> and they and they watch what I eat. They're like. <laughs> and one thing funny thank you Robin for that question one funny thing that my dad said before he passed I used to go back of course and, and see him and, and God bless him he waited till, he'd wait till I left and then he'd get sick again he, he loved when I came and visited and along with my they liked, they liked my partner more than me by the way but he said when you guys come I never saw so much salad go through this house <laughs> Because they think corn is a vegetable. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's cool with everything. Yeah. And if they're not, it's their problem. So, Thank you very, very much. Um, talk a, a little bit about um, your experience with um, your will and uh, how you know it's maybe God's So the question, you probably heard that. The question is, what do I know if it's my will or if it's God will, God's will? And what is that like? Well, today, March 1st, did you read the readings? It's all about step three. Um, turning our will and our lives over the care of God. And one of the books says care and concern of God. I love that when I read it. Care and concern of God. God is concerned about me. And I never got that. But um, the short answer to that is I learned a long time ago that I don't know how to make a decision abstinently I don't know I don't make good decisions by myself and so what I do is if I have if there's if the way is not clear I talk to number one I talk to my sponsor and I follow her direction and I know that if I'm uncomfortable it's probably my will and if things go kind of smoothly it's probably God's will and I kind of go with that. I go with the feeling in my heart. I always go back to what's in my heart. And also what comes out of my sponsor's mouth, who I trust implicitly. Does that make sense? Okay. Corey, the answer is no to you. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, can you the evolution of your relationship with power? I can. Um, the evolution of my relationship with my higher power. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a, a bad relationship with God. Even all, even all that happened when I grew up, I knew that when I landed here, by the time I got here to California, I, I, had, I knew that God had to be taking care of me to walk through what I walked through. I, did, I was not a victim of, I was a victim of neglect. It wasn't, there was no abuse happening. There was no physical violence. It was just pure neglect. Fine, okay. There was nobody watching me through all that time. Um, I just, I'm out riding my bike at midnight, but nothing ever happened. So that was God. God got me to an adult state. But um, I can't, when I started working the steps, it took, I, I was a very slow learner. I listened, I could hear and listen to people, and that's really what helped a lot, is listening at meetings 
whoever, you guys would say, well, this happened, they get up here, this happened and this happened, and I asked God for help. And I'd say, really? What? Really? And it, all the way through working the steps, is what it, it got to wipe out all that stuff that was in the way of God, all those character defects, all that fear, all that um, lack of emotion, all that stuff got to be very slowly taken away, peeled away, cleaned out the pipes, everything. And then pretty soon I'm hearing, I'm, I'm more aware that there's a God. I can talk to God like he's my brother. I can talk to God just like, God, help me here. And things happen. And I got that faith from, you know, Things happen. First, I wanted to lose weight. That's why I came here. Something was wrong. I wanted to lose weight. Okay. So God helped with that. Got me through that. And I got that little bit of faith every day. So it was just a very slow evolution. It's like getting to know somebody. And then finally, they're your best friend. So that's it. Um, like, like the tools that you use for temptation? Sure. Of course. Yeah. The, the tools I've used for um, temptation to, to go back to food. Um, of course, in the beginning, it was really hard to put things down. The obvious things that I was eating, the quantities. I'm a quantity eater. So it was not that I was eating. I wasn't, I like a pile of brown rice, okay? <laughs> I like that. But, you know, in a big pile of broccoli, that's good. But what I had to, the, the quantity of food is, is addicting to me as the actual thing. Getting that full is is what I wanted, and if I got even when I'm into the salad and the chicken, if I ate too much, and I got really full, if the salad was too big, the next day I would want to feel that again. This is way into abstinence, I, but I recognize that. So quantity, um, I pared it down till it was manageable. Okay, um, the items that I eat were not items that made me want to eat more. And it's very slow over time is how I learned that. I learned by doing it wrong. It's like, I'm going to try this. Okay, I'm going to try this. And I think, oh, no. (laughs) That did not feel good. But I, I wasn't going to listen to you. I was going to have to try it and realize that did not feel good. And that's not going to help me. That's going to make me crazy. I'm going to share a very short story with you that it absolutely answers that question. I used to eat sugar-free stuff. Not, well, part of my I, eight years out with lots of that. But when I came back in the program, it, was, it paired way down to occasionally. And I started. I, got, I had got married two, maybe two and a half years. In, yeah, two and a half years in the program. I, we had a wedding ceremony at a restaurant. And I went... I, I drove to that bakery and got that fruit juice sweetened carrot cake. Okay? Brought it over to the thing. We had this beautiful 80 people, mostly OA people, um, wedding ceremony. And my brother-in-law was giving the toast. And here's the, the cakes here. We're having a great time. People were singing. The cakes, right? He's giving that toast and I'm going... <laughs> Is he ever, and there was the, it was flying in my head. Is he ever going to shut up? <laughs> I wanted that piece. And I got the piece. And then there was the, the 
my sponsor, thank God my sponsor was there. She goes, you are not taking that home. I, I was going to literally. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so I knew that's a very big example of something that if I don't do it, the cravings don't come. So it's little by little. Don't eat your alcoholic foods and, and it'll get better. That's the hope. Thanks. Um, done? Done.